it's time for another edition of Mets Musings. Hi, this is Ron Darling. Uh, this is Skip Lockwood. Hi, I'm Ron Swoboda of the 69 New York Mets, and you're listening to Mets Musings with Gary Mack. Now it's time for some New York Mets baseball talk. Here's Gary Mack bringing you the latest news and analysis from Mets Nation and the world of baseball on another edition of Mets Musings. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Mets Musings. I'm Gary Mack, and I hope you all had a wonderful, wonderful week out there. The Mets had a great homestand. Perfect in their homestand. 6-0, and oh, and they swept the Phillies and the Nationals, both divisional teams, both on the bottom of the division, but those are the guys you got to beat. Yes, you have to beat those teams as well as the top teams. You feed on the small teams, and that's one thing the Mets in the past didn't always do. And and also, we noticed this year that they're getting teams on the ropes, and they're finishing them off, where before they, they couldn't get that big hit. But the offense has come alive. They've scored 72 runs, or actually, I guess with today's game, it would be 77 runs in their last eight games or nine games, which, uh, you know, is great for them because remember how we used to be so uh, uh, upset when they'd have the bases loaded and nobody out or one out and they couldn't get a run in, and now they're cashing those runs in. And that's a good thing. And why? Why? Why are they doing it this year? Well, maybe it's coaching. Eric Chavez, they're buying into the contact hitting, which we've been yelling about on this show. I've been talking about it for the last few years. If you make contact, anything can happen. And that's what the Mets are doing. They're making contact. They're getting singles, but they're bunching them together. And then you throw in a double. You throw in a triple. You throw in a home run here and there. That's why they're winning. And they're hustling. They hustle down to first base. Every play. Run, run, run. And the defense has been pretty solid. So you put it all together even the pitching. Pitching has been, you know, it's, it's, I used Carrasco today. He pitched five shutout innings, but he walked five guys. It wasn't pretty. But the bottom line is five shutout innings. And uh, the same thing last night. Trevor Williams wasn't pretty, wasn't dominating, but a shutout last night. It, it, it's just an it's it's amazing to watch them, and uh, like I said, perfect homestand six and zero. Oh, they're buying into Eric Chavez's uh, philosophy, 
as hitting coach to just make contact. And uh, it works. And we knew it would work. This this bull about an ounce and out strikeouts just the same as a fly. No, 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 no. It's completely, completely different. And we're seeing that, that if you make contact, how many games have they come back where they've made contact and the other team's thrown it away? That's why contact's important. That is the reason. Because you force the other team to make the play. And if they make it, your hats are off to them. Then they deserve to win. But if they don't, you have a door open, and then you got to bash your way through it. And that's exactly what this team has been doing so far in this early season. Now, some news on the Mets front. Dom Smith, in a big shocker, was optioned to Syracuse. Now, if you think about it, it's really not a big shocker. He has not been performing, and the front office felt like they needed another arm with the Mets going out to the West Coast and uh, the injuries starting to mount a little bit now. Um, Nimmo did not play for a few days with a sore wrist. Didn't matter. Canha went in and played a decent center field. Galormi let off and he is on fire. You can't get this guy out. Slapping the ball. Slapping the ball all over the place. Jeff McNeil. He was out a day or two. Didn't matter. They put this kid. They called up a kid, Nick Plummer. And he hits a home couple of home runs and a couple of hits. Drives in some big runs. It just didn't matter. So, uh, you know, uh, Stunt Smith had to go down. They needed an arm for the bullpen, they felt, especially with the um, trip out to the West Coast now as well. So they brought in uh, Adonis Medina, and uh, Smith was struggling. So, you know, uh, you're not going to get the playing time if you're struggling when other guys are performing ahead of you. It's that simple. It's harsh. It's a harsh business, but that's the way it goes. It's a performance business, and if you don't perform, I'm sorry. You know, you go down. Now, hopefully he finds his stroke, and then we'll see. Either he comes back, or maybe they can move him. Uh, you know, the big thing now is, well, who's the backup to Alonzo at first base? Not to worry. Canha has played some first base. Escobar has played some first base. McCann, when he comes back, he has played some first base. There are adequate backups to them. Are they as good as Dom Smith at first base? No. But but if they're hitting, and Cannon certainly, uh, he goes in to the leadoff spot and goes four for four. Unbelievable. Nito today. Nido. Uh, four for four. It's a new hero every day, and this team, uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, Smith wasn't hitting, and he went down to Syracuse unhappily, but 
Uh, he's down there. Travis Jankowski is on the 10-day disabled list uh, with a fracture of his left fourth metacarpal bone. He underwent surgery last Friday, and the general timeline for the injury of this nature takes six to eight weeks to recover. Uh, again, they called up Nick Plummer to take his place. He hit his first major league home gun to take high the game against the Phillies, uh, and he continued some fine hitting against the Nationals. So, uh, you know, uh, it, it's been given the Mets. have had the chance to rest some of these injuries. Nimmo came back today but he got a good three four days off mcneil still out uh did he he may have did he play yesterday or he he's just got some leg issues tired legs and you know you can understand that he switching between the grass and the infield and uh going back from left field to second base so uh you know he's probably got some soreness and things like that but the way Guillaume is playing, they they can they can rest McNeil and uh, you know I think he DH'd yesterday because um, they don't want to lose his bat either. He's got a hot bat. He's been hitting too, making contact. He went back to the way he hit a couple of years ago. Uh, you know it, it, it's just all about the contact and this team has done so well so far. And it's exciting. Are you excited? Are you as excited as I am? You know, let me know. Let me know what your level are. Are you still skeptical about the team because of the pitching? I, I'm, I'm not skeptical that much about this team because the difference I see is the coaching and the management of this team. They have professional coaches there. You can see it, how well these guys know what they're doing. You see Showalter, his head's in this game. And he's got these guys believing. Chavez has got them believing. He made contact. Hafner's got the pitchers believing. And, and the results are there. They're there. First place. Nine and a half, ten game lead, whatever it may be, uh, you know, after tonight's games. Now, this is going to be a tough trip they're on. Ten games out in the West Coast. But we'll see what they're made out of. They're playing the Dodgers. They're going to play the Padres. And then they're going to play the Angels. All contending teams. Um, but we'll have an idea, a better idea, of what the, how this team is, is made up of. But I, I think it's, you know... I think this team has got something special. And if they can, as I've said before, keep their head above water, keep that big lead, even if it dwindles down a little bit until the the, the guys come back. Uh, Ty Law McGill threw a, uh, a bullpen session. Uh, not a bull, I'm sorry, through batting practice yesterday. So uh, he, you know, came out of it okay. Uh, uh, not <laughs> DeGrom is starting to throw. He hasn't been on a mound yet, but he's throwing and increasing his distance that he's throwing. So those are good signs. Can you imagine in July or even if it's August and we get DeGrom and Scherzer back? That's like making 
the hugest deal that you could make without trading a player. It's gonna who who are you gonna cut? That's gonna be the big problem. Who's gonna have to leave the roster with the way this team is playing right now and with with the chemistry that they all have? Uh, it's it's gonna be a tough decision, but you know I'm sure. Uh, one that they'll face at that time, and there may be other injuries by then. Who knows? But right now, look, folks, just sit back and enjoy it because it is a long season, and I know we've been here before, but the difference, again, is Billy Epler, Buckshell Walter, and his coaching staff. That, I believe, is the difference than the last previous years. All right, I, I have to apologize to my good buddy Sean from the UK. He uh, had sent a uh, a voicemail last week, and we I just forgot about it. So I want to play that for you right now. Uh, Sean, take it away. Hey, Gary. Sean from Bristol, UK. I hope you are well, uh, my friend. Um Really sorry to hear about the passing of your brother. Um, thoughts and prayers are with you, my friend. Well, so much positiveness to talk about how this team is playing. And one thing that seems to stand out, at long last, the lads are playing small ball baseball and not trying to hit the ball into the next county. These guys are creating runs, uh, and it's just, just glands your heart, isn't it? Always been a huge fan of this particular fellow, uh, Gary, and that being Brandon Nimmo. He's becoming an all-round complete player. And the fact that he sprints and the, and the fact that he sprints to first on a walk, that's commitment. Uh, Matt Schiffer landing on the aisle was a huge blow, but this franchise has done their homework during the off-season and spring training uh, with the depth of um, the bullpen. I thought David Pe uh, Peterson um, answered any criticism during Monday's game in San Francisco. Um, so, question, Gary. Are we going to see Mr. Cohen's checkbook being opened in the next few months? And there's a few starting pitches available at the cost, I think. Anyway, Gary, thank you for all you do. Counting the days until I fly over in September. Take care, my friend. Okay, and thank you, Sean, for checking in. And, uh, yeah, Nimmo's been playing great ball. Uh, you know, David Peterson's picked up the slack for DeGrom and Scherzer. Trevor Williams pitched uh, terrifically the other day. So guys are picking up the slack, and that's the main thing. Uh, as far as uh, your question, uh, will Mr. Cohen open up his checkbook? Uh, he might. I, I, You know, the way this team is playing right now, don't rush anything. Don't rush into a trade for a pitcher. Don't rush into signing anybody unless you can get somebody cheap. Uh, I discussed this on a baseball talk radio show with the – my uh, good friend Rich Baxter, another show that we do on Sunday morning. You may want to check that out on YouTube, the Baseball Talk radio show. And uh, we discussed maybe the Mets should pick up or consider picking up Dallas Keuchel. Uh, he was released by the Chicago White Sox. I believe now he cleared waivers. Do you take a, a runner on him? Maybe you do. If you know he's going to be fairly cheap, you give him the minimum. Maybe you give him a try. But right now, I don't think they want to mess with the chemistry. It's so good, and uh, you know, uh, it's it just everything's 
hitting on all cylinders. So uh, let's keep our fingers crossed that it can stay that way the whole year. Okay, let's take a quick break because we have not one, not two, but three guests this week. Yeah, three guests at one time. And uh, it's going to be interesting as we talk about the Mets versus the Dodgers. So stay tuned for that, and I'll be right back. Baseball and BBQ, your place for interesting baseball talk, opinions, and history. Baseball and BBQ, your place for barbecue recipes, tips, and interviews from the world of barbecue. If you like baseball and if you like barbecue... Then tune in to Baseball and BBQ. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and BaseballTalkRadio.com. Wouldn't it be great if you could get a Ph.D. in life through baseball? Welcome to Baseball Ph.D., a tour company for your brain. 30 major league teams, 100 places to see. Let's touch them all as we make the road trip of a lifetime. Check out my Facebook group. It's at facebook.com slash Mets Musings. Go check it out. And don't forget to call the hotline. It's 516-619-6341. Hello and welcome to another edition of Mets Musings. I have a whole crew of guests tonight not just one not just two but three guys and these guys all host a great podcast called the other blue uh, other boys in blue it's a los angeles dodgers podcast and they're coming to us from the west coast guys introduce yourself and uh, tell us a little bit about the podcast What's up? My name is Father Fredo. I kind of host our show. Uh, you could tell because I'm the annoying one that talks more than anyone else. I'm definitely not an insider like my boys here. Izzy, say what's up to the people. Hey, Mets fans. Thanks for having us. Uh, my name is Izzy. I, like I said, talk a little less than Fredo. And I, I guess uh, I pay a little more attention to the baseball world than he does. I, I have a little more free time on my hands, so I get to watch what goes around the league. It's fair. It's fair. Izzy brings news to the table. It's like, wait, what? Wait, like, wh- yeah. why do you even know that? Like somewhere <laughs> in the middle of Mexico, like some player just got noticed. And it's like this guy, this He's guy right here, we're going to see him in four or five years. <laughs> Big Z, introduce yourself. Now your camera's working, bro. What's up, guys? I'm Big Z. Um, you know, me and my buddies, uh, Father Fredo and Izzy, uh, we just love the Dodgers. We love uh, talking about them. That's kind of what started this whole thing. And we've been doing it for a couple seasons now. So uh, we're just big Dodger fanatics, and I we really appreciate you uh, bringing us on, Gary, to talk some baseball. It, it's my pleasure, and and it's fun, isn't it? It's fun to do. Yeah, yeah. You know, some people get competitive; they don't want to have people other podcasts on. I don't care. I'll have other Mets podcasts on. I don't really care. I have a good time, and uh, you know, hopefully, people will listen. That they don't, they don't. It's their That's loss. What it's all as far about. As I'm concerned. That is their That's loss. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And we were talking a little bit before the video went on uh, about uh, the Mets uh, and the crazy schedule. And you were mentioning about the um, the Dodgers having a crazy schedule, too. The Mets just came home from the West Coast. They they played the Colorado and uh, uh, that other team out there. Um, San Diego? The, oh, the Giants. The Giants. Mm. That's who yeah, that other team. Yeah. Gross. Yeah, that that's, the proper, that's the proper <laughs> addressing <laughs> of them. Some gross team that wears this gaudy orange. That's that team, 100%. 
I, I, I got to admit, even though they're part of the uh, Mets heritage in a way, because they came from New York originally, as did the Dodgers uh, coming from Brooklyn, uh, those uh, uh, orange uniforms are hideous. They're like, Thank you. Thank you. That's how <laughs> we feel. Just, uh, I, and, and most of the ones that are those city uniforms or whatever they're calling them. Oh, are pretty bad. Yeah, they they are like double down. They like double yeah. down on the ugliness of their uniforms. Like what is the ugliest thing <laughs> we could possibly do? And they do came that. up. With that uniform, it's literally, it yeah. literally looks like someone just like <laughs> threw some orange at a white wall and was like, "Here it is. This oh, is what represents the like bridge, Golden Gate Bridge, right there. You see it? Yeah. I heard it's inspired by a uh, Kapler's fake tan. That's the word on the street. Oh. <laughs> wow. Well, we won't Dang. see that uh, at least during the Star Spangled Banner, but that's another story. <laughs> Um, so the Dodgers are uh, again in first place and. Uh, should be a great series with the Mets also in first place. Uh, how are the Dodgers doing it? Uh, you know, uh, uh, they, they're uh, continue to get the good pitching. They continue to get uh, the offense, um, but they just can't beat the Pirates. It's Yeah, it comes down to a team that's <laughs> sub 500. We have the worst time taking them seriously. It's like we circle certain games, other games we just – it's obvious they're just not taking it seriously. And credit to the Pirates. I think Izzy as well commented on Twitter. Uh, we have a Twitter page at the other boys in blue. And we were talking about the fact that the Pirates came to play. They're, yeah, they're balling. They they're hidden well. And they're doing what they need to do. Uh, but in terms of the Dodgers being in first place, I think Big Z and Izzy do a great job of touching on guys like Tony Gonsolin, Heaney, uh, Andrews that came up. Big Z, what are you seeing? Why, why do you think we're in first, dude? I mean, we just have an all-around great team. I mean, Andrew Friedman, um, you know, he builds he, – he brings guys in that are kind of cast-offs. So, talking about the Heaney's of the world, the Chris Taylor's of the world, Justin Turner's, it's – these guys have built um, a foundation uh, of greatness. And that we've kind of just grown off of that. And Clayton Kershaw, I, I can't believe I didn't even talk about him. But um, another guy is just a captain of the clubhouse. And um, Mookie Betts, these guys expect to win. And when we don't win uh, and we don't play like that, we don't have that attitude. It's just, you're going to be shipped off. And that's what we just keep doing. And, but the weird thing is with us, even though we're doing so well and we're tied with the Mets for the best record this season, we still don't think we have, we've actually played to our best ability. Obviously we've lost two of the first three against the pirates, but we still, we do, haven't clicked yet as a team We haven't 100% pitching defense offense we still haven't clicked all in all three facets of the game or four with base running and um we're just really excited for us to really finally click and it is a summer so i think we're going to start to click and see how good this team is and really just kind of run up uh the wins on the rest of the league yeah and i think uh, we're actually seeing a lot of what you mets fans are seeing i mean there's been quite a few injuries here starting pitching staff and mm -hmm. the rest of your team's kind of just come up and carried your team and that's Kind of what we're seeing right now our fifth and sixth starting pitchers are carrying our team right now which coming into the season we didn't expect that and i think uh was it guillorme that's your second baseman he's having a great mm -hmm. season right now mm -hmm. um and i think your pitchers that you thought were gonna be fighting for a rotation spot i think your guys are doing the same thing ours are and they're pitching out of their minds and it's uh, great to see it, it's it's true you know and and it's funny because like a game like today carrasco pitched uh 
five inning shutout ball, but he walked five guys and it didn't, it wasn't a dominating performance. You know, he had bases loaded and one out or two out a couple of times and uh, he got out of it. And, uh, but he's get, they're getting the job done. Uh, David Peterson has come up and after struggling last year, and uh, he's come up this year and really done well in a limited role. Trevor Williams, who the Mets acquired last year from the uh, uh, Cubbies uh, in the uh, Baez deal, uh, he's been pitched. He pitched a good game again last night. He pitched uh, five, six innings of shutout ball, and really it, he was in trouble all the time. You know, it wasn't a dominating. You know, we get so used to seeing DeGrom dominate people and just ground Easily. them into the, you know, and we don't even have him. And um, we're excited like you guys are because the second half, hopefully, we're going to get Scherzer back healthy and we're going to get DeGrom back healthy and McGill back healthy. And those are three top starters right now. And it's going to be like making a, a huge trade to get those guys back. So we're kind of excited. But, uh, you know, we've got to play the games now. And uh, the good thing that the Mets have done is uh, build a big lead. And uh, the division isn't as good. You guys are in a tough division out there in the West. You have... Uh, the uh, the Giants snapping at your heels and the Padres are there and uh, the team that you know what team I like out there and I, I think they're a pain in the ass and they're, they're feisty the, those Diamondbacks yeah <laughs> yeah those they play good baseball I'll tell you I I was so impressed with them they they came here and we uh, went out to Arizona the Mets did and. Uh, they were just, I mean, the Mets beat them, I think, four out of six, but they were a pain in the butt. And you guys see them how many times, so they're going to be a problem? Uh, I think we see them 19 times a year. I think as of right now, we've played them nine or ten times, and I think we've yeah. lost once okay. this year or twice. We, we lost a ser- we lost two out of three. The first yeah, we lost the first two, and that was a, yeah. Yeah, and uh, since then we since beat then, them. We swept them, yeah. So, I mean, but they I think, may or may not be an issue. Who knows? But I think a couple of those games were close, too, weren't they? They were, they were close. We had they're a very, Yeah. They're a very young team. Uh, yeah. And, and they're up-and-coming guys that are expected to be stars in the next few years. And I think they're kind of blossoming a little earlier than expected. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're always battling. I mean, they're pretty much at 500. The only reason they're not at 500 or above 500 is because of the Dodgers. But – they are playing as well. They are a feisty team, like you said. Um, but I think that cre- that gives us an advantage um, and them, but to play that type of competition so many times a year because we're always ready for that feistiness and that that team to really just challenge us because they're not afraid of us. No. They don't like us. They, right. they, they want to beat us. They want to be who, yeah. who we are. So um, it's really good for us, but I do think that they are an up-and-coming team in the next few years, I think, uh, they're definitely going to give the Giants and the Padres a run for their money in the division for sure. Kind of yeah. reminds me of Seattle last year. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. You you yeah. couple that you couple with that with the fact that the same thing we're seeing from the Pirates, right? Like these teams that struggle, these teams that probably aren't going to be playoff bound, these teams that are a few years away in their rebuild. I mean, they come to Dodger Stadium. This is their World Series that we see it. Right. We see it week in and week out. That's what it really impresses me about the Dodgers' record overall and how how consistent they've been. 
But these teams like the Rockies, like the Diamondbacks, we know that we expect, I think Big Z and I expect the Rockies to make a push at some point this season. But when we're talking about these teams like the Pirates, I mean, they come to Dodger Stadium. These are the most fans they're going to see. This is it for them. These, these are the games where they're on TV. This is prime time. Everybody wants to watch you beat the Dodgers. You're playing against, I mean, just look at our starting three, right? Your first three. We got Mookie Betts, Freddie Friedman, Trey Turner. These are guys that they see in the All-Star games. I mean, that these are the kinds of caliber of players that we're bringing out. And so when you're talking about a team like the Diamondbacks, not only are they fired up, just like when they played you guys, you saw that feistiness. They, they saw a first-place team coming to town or they were going to a first-place team. They want to represent well. For a lot of these teams, when you are on top of the mountain, they just take you a little bit more seriously. This is what they worked up for. This is what they trained for. This is their shot. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Right. And uh, you mentioned uh, the top three with Mookie Betts, and, uh, and he's off to a fantastic start this year. <laughs> Uh, Freddie yes. Freeman's off to a good start, and uh, uh, same with the top three. But um, what has happened to Cody Bellinger? I mean, this guy was all world, uh, you know, rookie of the year, and and everything, and he he's just like crashing and burning. And he got off to a good start, I think, this year, didn't he? Yeah. So right, right now he's injured right now. He's injured. Uh, but honestly, there were some injuries that took place. He got injured. He hurt that shoulder at first base. We know had some lingering, lingering issues. You look at him last year in the playoffs, he led the team in our batting average. And I think the big thing with Cody Bellinger that we keep discussing, you know, he had one of those seasons, his MVP season where he was just outside of himself. He was doing everything he could do. And really, if you look at that season, it wasn't even for the whole season, right? It was for about like three months yeah. towards the beginning of the season, that he was on a whole different planet. He just couldn't miss the ball. I just don't think that's who he is. And for us on our podcast, at least for, I think I speak for the boys and they'll comment right now. We've kind of accepted that. We love his defense. We love him in yes. center field. I want to be able to afford him as well. Cause the reality is one thing we keep revisiting, we keep revisiting. And a lot of our fans bring this up in a few years. We're looking at Walker Bueller, Julio Odias uh, Smith. We're looking at all these guys that are going to be free agents and a guy like Bellinger as well. We want to be able to afford as many of them as possible. So I, I don't necessarily mind him batting 225, 250, just with his stellar defense. Because defensively, I mean, his war, he's the best center fielder in the game right now. I love to see it. Uh, Big Z, I don't know what you think, man. No, I 100% agree. That That's, a, that's a, a running theme that we've had on the podcast is we need Bellinger to hit below 250 because we need to afford, be able to afford him. <laughs> and it, that's just, that's a thing that we have. Um, but it's true, his defensively, there, I, I don't know if you, if you share the same opinion as we do, but defensively, he is the best center fielder we believe in the game. Uh, Mike Trout would be right there, right below him, but we believe that he's kind of taken that next stride uh, with the experience that he's had out in the field. I mean, just the jumps that he gets on the balls, the path that he takes to the ball is just, it's just bar none. I mean, we're seeing Chris Taylor is also, a, we believe, a, an above average outfielder. He's taken the place for Cody Bellinger the last few games in the center field, and he's made some great plays. He hit the wall last night. He made an amazing catch, but Cody Bellinger doesn't do that, you know, like because he just reads the ball in a different yeah. way. And to have that defense, to have that ability to save that many runs throughout the season is very valuable, especially when it comes to the playoffs. So we love Cody. We're okay with him hitting 225, 240, as long as that defense stays stellar we're okay with it. And then we can keep him long-term as well. And if you look back at his MVP, ultimately he only won it because of his defense, because his numbers with uh, Christian Yelich were almost identical offensively. Right. His defense was just 
better than Yelich, and that's ultimately why he deserved it. Anybody, anyone who thinks that he was going to keep that going forever, I mean, there's there's a handful of guys. There's Betts and and there's Trout, and those guys offensively dominate year in and year out. To be in that air, I just think when I say air, like in that rarefied air of just like mm-hmm. being that dominant, I just don't think it was realistic. And so when I watch him play, if he's getting one or two hits, one really one hit a night, I, I'm more than fine with it, especially come yeah. playoff time. He just seems to be a big game guy. When you're talking about his hits against the Braves, when the Dodgers went on their 2020 run, you're talking about him and Lux. Uh, Izzy's boy, by the way, that, that's Izzy's boy. When you're talking about, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the bottom of our lineup, yes, it is a bummer that, you know, obviously he, he has had a bit of a fall off since those first couple seasons, but we've talked about it on our podcast before. Name me a better, we have, obviously, in our opinion, we have the best first three, Mookie Betts, Freddie Friedman, Trey Turner, and then name me a better last three between Cody Bellinger, Chris Taylor, and Gavin Lux. I mean, those guys at the bottom of our lineup, that's that's disgusting. We're talking about a one MVP last year's all-star and an extremely talented just coming into his own Gavin Lux. I mean, there's really not a downside for me. Yeah. Gavin Lux has been uh, talked about for the last couple of years as uh, he's been a prospect in in, uh, the organization. They really couldn't find a place for him to play with Muncie and everything, but Muncie's out hurt now, I believe, right? We won't be seeing him in this series. Uh, And uh, Kershaw is hurt as well. Is he still out? He just threw he a is, bullpen he, today. He threw a bullpen today, and he looked pretty good. So he's he's always trying to ramp up, probably a little quicker than the doctors would like. But uh, he, he's just a competitor. <laughs> Get him healthy yeah. for the playoffs, man. Yeah, we that's don't right. No, that's all we, we care about. Yeah. We don't we need no dead time. arms for the playoffs. You know what I mean? Missed you know, you know, you know what I mean. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know what you mean uh, with two two different colored eyes, but. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I have the same opinion. You know, they they keep talking about the uh, uh, Scherzer and, and uh, the Grom coming back, and I'm like, don't don't rush him. Right, let them get healthy. Let them yep. get strong. We're winning. We're playing good ball right now. We've got a ten game lead or nine and a half game lead. It, it's enough of a you know. It, it's enough. Worry if you start losing and gets down to five games or, or four right. games. You know, well, even in the division but, you're playing. I mean, if you're got, if those teams started to heat up, then you should really be worried. But I think you guys are going to be okay coasting the rest of the year. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't I, see the Braves last so. year. If the Braves fans are like, listen, if the Braves fans out here listening to the Mets podcast for whatever reason, you like the idea Freddy. that. Right. The idea that you're just going to be able to do that every year, just be complete crap for like half the year and then like go out and sign three pieces. And then these guys live out in aberration. I mean, the dudes who are balling outside of themselves, they could just do this year in and year out without a guy like Freddie Friedman. Olsen is clearly not Freddie Friedman. We're seeing that in his numbers, you know, and you, then you look at the Phillies that literally loaded their lineup with just hitters. Didn't take anything else into account. It's like that guy hits the ball hard. Let's go get that guy. Let's not worry about our coach. Let's not worry about our coaching staff. Let's just worry about our hitters. I mean, you got to feel great as a Mets fan. It really seems like you guys could probably gimp across this thing with one or two pitchers. And as long as you're ready to go and healthy (laughs) for the playoffs, you'll be there. Yeah. Well, that's kind of the way we're feeling. But we we also always are waiting for the other shoe to drop so that's why we get nervous but um, understandable uh, no i you know i agree we haven't even seen the marlins yet we haven't even played them they're so supposed to be even, good uh, yeah they, they've got a good young pitching staff but uh besides that i don't know how well they've been playing but uh and washington we've seen a lot of and they're just terrible so uh <laughs> yes. but you know like you but uh 
you know, making a point like you guys said about the Pittsburgh, uh, those are the, you got to beat those teams because that's especially right. in your division. Right. You don't have like a, a, I hate to say it, a bottom feeder team right now, but you know the Mets do have the Nationals and and even the Phillies because as you said they can hit, but their that's pitching is, is is terrible, and um, you know that's why this was such a big homestand for the Mets winning, you know six uh, all six games they swept both teams and that's what you have to do because we used to do the same thing. We'd get a team and play a, a great team. We'd play in tough, and then, you know, somebody would come in that's got a less than 500 record, the Cincinnati or whatever, and and they would just kind of sit back. But um, this is a different team this year. This is a different manager, yeah. different coaching staff, and Buckshell Walters really got these guys believing. And uh, one of the things that they're doing that uh, – uh, they didn't do in the past was make contact. They had bought into that whole analytical crap. I'm an old school guy. I'm an old guy. So, so it was big I, I, I believe that you make contact. You know, it used to bug me when I hear these guys say, well, the analytics say if you strike out, it's just another out. No, no, no. Because if you hit the ball, something can happen. If yeah. you strike out, nothing happens. The game freezes right there. Hundred percent. Make a ball. You hit a ball. Something can happen. And you know the Mets have won two or three games this year by making contact. They were losing to St. Louis. Uh, I think it was. I, I forget the score. Five to three in the ninth. They had two outs. They hit a ground ball. Aaron Arrow booted it, threw it away. Run scored. They hit a single. Tied it up, took the lead, won the game. Uh, they were down nine runs to Philadelphia, and they scored yeah. or eight runs, yeah. and they scored nine runs. Crazy in 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 the ninth inning, and took the lead. And it was the same thing. They made contact, and they bought into that this year, and and it's really paying off. Uh, as, as far as I'm concerned, you got to give uh, yourself a chance. We that, say it all the time yeah, on our podcast, yeah. get the bat off your shoulder. Give yourself yeah, exactly. a chance. If we roast anybody, we've talked about it multiple times. If we roast anybody, we'll defend. We have a different, a different outlook than a lot of Dodger fans. Uh, just being full, full disclosure. We'll talk about the fact that we will defend a player. If he strikes out swinging, right? If you're, if you're going down swinging, at least you're doing something. You know what I mean? If you're, but if you're standing there, the base is loaded. There's two outs and you go down looking. I mean, we're going to roast you. We're going to absolutely roast you. At least, at least take a swing. At least give yourself a chance. If it's not close, 100%. Take the pitch. It's not close. No big deal. But if it's anywhere near it, just fight it off. Do what you got to do to stay at the plate. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Uh, All right. You you know, uh, Dodge spent a lot of money in the offseason on Freddie Freeman. Little bit of a surprise. And I think most of the baseball world, didn't think he was going to leave Atlanta and he didn't went to LA uh, and it's, it's paid off for them. And, and as you said before, I think Fredo said it about, uh, you know, the, it's hurt the Braves, I think more because they lost that leadership. And uh, so, uh, but Freddie Freeman brings a lot to the table. What has he brought to the Dodgers? I think he brings a, uh, we talked about it last episode, uh, our last episode, but He's a, he's a quiet leader and he's someone who just kind of puts his head down and he plays as hard as he can, but yeah, he still has a kind of is like a little kid to kind of takes it with that approach as well. But 
he's very humble and that's someone that that's a type of personality that the Dodgers always look for someone who's really humble, who's going to hold the rest of the clubhouse in check. If someone isn't um, abiding by rules, as Fredo alluded to, um, we talked about Acuna uh, last time, Acuna kind of called him out for getting mad at him for not uh, tucking in his shirt, you know, or something. So, right. uh, but that, that's the type of guy that Freddie Freeman is. He's a leader and we don't really hear from him too much. We just see him play and um, he's worth all that money because of that. Um, he, every single at bat, he gives a professional at bat. He takes the ball the other way. It doesn't matter if it's a lefty or a righty, he's going to give you a professional bat, a good professional approach. And that's what we love about him to have him number two in our lineup. Like it's, it's, it's scary. And, um, the fact that the Braves didn't even offer him a contract is silly. And I mean, they, they deserve what they're getting now to lose that type of leadership in the clubhouse. Um, yeah, Matt Olson's a great player, but he's not anything the type of leader that Freddie Freeman is. And we can already see it rubbing off on, you know, Gavin Lux, Chris Taylor, these guys at the bottom of our lineup. Mm-hmm. It re- he really helps them. Um, you see him taking guys aside and talking to them all the time. So he's just a great guy, um, great leader in the clubhouse. And that's the presence that we need to just really kind of get us over that hump. 100%. 100%. We, and to be clear, we didn't think we were going to get him either. Like a right. lot, yeah, we did. Like all the way <laughs> up to the end. All the way up, we we literally sat there on our podcast. We were saying, "Look, this is this race is Atlantis to lose." He he wanted to be a brave. He made that no secret. Right. It's like right. we talked about. I know Izzy was equally incredulous. Izzy, tell him about that fan, that fan of the Diamondbacks. Oh yeah, so I I made a statement because uh, it made news, national news for whatever reason. It's crazy that some small things like this will come up, but. Um, and I think John Boy Media has a big thing to do with that. But there was a heckler calling out Freddie saying, Freddie, you're a sellout. I used to like you. Uh, why did you have to go to the Dodgers? And Freddie Freeman is one of the nicest guys. You see it yeah. every single time someone's on first base. Uh, he's always talking it up. He's thinking about the other player. He, he does things the right way. I don't think very many people can say something bad about Freddie Freeman. Even what Acuna said wasn't necessarily a bad thing. It was just kind of that like he's a stickler. He likes to follow the rules. Uh, Atlanta really had the opportunity to sign him, and they ultimately said, you know what, we're going to get Olsen. Uh, Granted, Olsen's a great first baseman. We've seen him um, when he plays for the Athletics. He's done good things. He's put up good numbers. Quietly, he's one of their better players, and he's a hometown kid, so I'm sure Atlanta likes him, but he can't replace Freddie Freeman. He was their cornerstone for a long time, and he's just put up numbers, and Zach said he's affected a lot of our players. Uh, Gavin Lux is one of my favorite players. I mean, there's a good article that I read a while ago that talked about how Gavin Lux has spent so much time with Freddie trying to become a better player, trying to hit like him because Freddie Freeman uses all the fields. He does pull mm-hmm. hitting, he does push hitting, he does contact. And uh, on your point earlier, a lot of teams are doing contact this year because home runs just aren't coming the way they used to. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And the fact that they got Olsen to be clear that they got Olsen before Freddie signed, like they right. made that move. That was all on the Braves. They signed Olsen when Freddie Freeman was still a free agent. It wasn't like he said, I'm going to the Dodgers. And then they went and got Olsen. <laughs> they got Olsen. And then he was like, I'm going to the Dodgers. Like that was completely on them. We love him. He's an absolute leader. And the relationship, and we talked about this on our podcast as well, the relationship that he and Mookie Betts just quickly developed as hard workers. There's, there's guys that just have a certain mentality. You're talking about like Michael Jordan, you know, Kobe Bryant. They just have this, that mama mentality for lack of a better expression, that mama mentality. And it's clear Freddie Freeman, Mookie, Betts, they're there to win, man. You come to work, 
you wear the right thing, you do the right thing, you do it the right way. And those guys are going to be all, they're going to have your back. And that's clear. It's a, it's a mindset for this team. We love to see it, man. Yeah, I, I agree. We hated him here because he killed us all the time, <laughs> you know, but uh, I would have signed him in a heartbeat if we didn't have a, a first baseman already. And, you know, but it's, it's the same thing with Chipper Jones, Chipper Jones, people hated him. And I said, you know what? I'll take him on my team any day because as, as much as you hate him, he always had respect for the Mets. He, he, you know, he called this kid Shay because uh, he loved hitting in Shay and he killed the Mets so much. Uh, but, but you know, that's still, it's still something uh, that uh, he, he was, they're great ball players. And you, like you said, uh, Olsen is a good first baseman, maybe a great first baseman, but he's just, it's the intangibles that he's missing, I think. And that's right. what the Braves are missing this year. Um, and and uh, hopefully they stay uh, below 500 so the Mets can <laughs> run away with it all, as far yeah. as I'm concerned. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention our old friend, uh, Justin Turner, who's still <laughs> rolling along at third base for you guys. Uh, what kind of year is he having, and, and um, uh, how's he doing out there? He's, he's had a, as good as we want to be. He's had a slow start to the season, but he's been turning around the last couple of weeks. He's brought his average up almost 30 points um, to around 230, so um, which is still great for him especially. Um, but we love JT. Uh, we do think that he's another leader in the clubhouse. Uh, we kind of feel like he kind of lost his way at the beginning of the season. He wasn't his goofy self. He wasn't the guy who was – um, you know, making the jokes in the club, as you would see, he's always a jokester. He's always having fun. And he kind of wasn't having that at the time. Um, but in the last few weeks, he's really just kind of settled in, realized who he is, kind of realized what his role is now on the team, because he's kind of being switched back and forth between DH and third baseman. And that's not what he's been having to do ever. Right. Mm -hmm. He's always been the starting third baseman. And so I think he's kind of realized in, uh, that this is my role. I'm going to settle in now and he's finding his identity in that. And I really think that that's helping him. Uh, and he, we just need him healthy in the playoffs because he's our all time leader and playoff RBIs. And um, we just need him here ready for that moment in time. But we, we love the guy. Uh, we're, we're so glad that you guys let him go because he really helped <laughs> wow. turn the Dodger franchise. He was one of those yeah, he key was players in turning us around into a great, a contender year in and year out. So we thank you. Him. <laughs> you're, you're very welcome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I kind of, I always kind of wonder what that's like for a Mets fan to just yeah, watch this yeah, dude man. be one of the most clutch hitters, not just in Dodger history in the postseason, but like in baseball history, one of the most clutch postseason hitters. What is that like as a Mets fan just to know that he just walked away? Well, I, you know, I look at it this way he may not have done it here. And you never know, you know, you go to another team and sometimes some batting coach might notice something that you're doing or, uh, you know, uh, you guys remember Michael Conforto and yep, who's yep. a free agent, hasn't played anywhere this year. I love the guy. I saw him in the minor leagues in, in Brooklyn. Uh, there's a, a minor league team. The, the It's now the high A team for the Mets, uh, the Brooklyn Cyclones. And uh, it, the guy would hit the ball all over the place. And he did it with the Mets, and then, you know, he was starting to come into his own, and last year he had a terrible year. 
And I said to somebody, and I said it on the show as well, uh, to me, I think he, he's paralyzed by the analytics. They're giving him too much information. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and nobody's hitting. So it comes out at the end of the season. This is that was exactly what the problem was, that all of these guys, they they were almost getting afraid to go up there and hit because they had so much stuff going through their head that they couldn't uh, hit the ball. You know, instead of seeing the ball, hit the ball. Long story short, you know, they got rid of everybody. They brought in Eric Chavez now. Uh, and he's a he he believes in making contact and hit the ball, see the ball, hit the ball, and it's worked wonders. And I think Conforto, if he was healthy and if the Mets had resigned him, um, he would be you know tearing it up. But uh, he's just an example of of I think guys that can have the wrong coach or a wrong coach comes into your organization or you go to a different organization and it turns you around. I don't think Justin Turner was a different player for the Dodgers than he was here. And it may have been because he played every, he was playing every day out there here. He was a shortstop, second baseman, third baseman. They, they moved him around. The Dodgers pretty much stuck him at third base because I think they had some, I, I forget the situation. They had some injuries or something, and yeah, and he, he yeah. went out and did the job, and and he's been a fixture there. So, um, you know, it's hard to say. People say about no going back to the '60s with Nolan Ryan. You know, uh, how did you get rid of him? <laughs> oh so, man, yeah. He he said himself though he would not have been the same pitcher here. He 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 wasn't comfortable. He loved New York. He loved the fans and everything. It wasn't anything like that. He just wasn't comfortable in the city. And he was a farm boy, and, you know, he, he went to a Texan. So he, he went to L.A., and but Anaheim, you know, was a little different than New York. It's too. not L.A. Oh, it's, yeah. yeah. It's not, it's not it, L.A. It's not New York. It's not, LA. it's not even L.A. <laughs> exactly. It's a little smaller spotlight. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of spotlights, I just kind of want to ask you because this is one of my favorite players. Or I don't know favorite, but a player I really enjoy. I'm sure the boys can back mm -hmm. me up. Francisco Lindor uh, had a horrible season last year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he's kind of uh, coming up this year. How's he doing? I tell you, I have a love-hate relationship with him. Uh, he started off very slow. He's been red hot lately. Uh, I, I think he had, uh, what, what did they say, 18 RBIs in the last nine games or something. So uh, he's been hitting the ball. Thank goodness he's been earning his salary. And he's been playing better. Um, the, the reason I say I have a love-hate relationship, because earlier in the year, he was booting ground balls. And and I thought to him, I said to somebody, how the heck did he win a gold glove? He doesn't look like a good shortstop. I mean, he was he was kicking balls. He was throwing balls in the dirt. It's like he, you know, they said he had a great arm. I said, he can barely reach first base. <laughs> and, That's and Izzy's boy. I'm sorry, Izzy. No, it's okay. Uh, uh, I just really admired know. him as a shortstop in, in uh, what's it called the Indians. And so I was kind of shocked when you guys pulled off the trade for him. Yeah. And yeah. I just, well, I, I'd like to I, see him I, succeed. I think he's a guy that if he's hitting, he's okay. If he's struggling, he struggles all over the place because his game has improved dramatically the last few weeks. The month of May, he hit. 
he his fielding is, is much better, and uh, he's actually reaching first base now. So <laughs> um, there you go. <laughs> that's key. Close, no, that's we key. we that's told important. we told him we. You're not saying anything, Gary. That Izzy hasn't heard. We last no. year when they got when the Mets traded for him, we Big Z and I were like, this is a foolish move. Uh, he tried to compare it with Seeger at some points. I didn't shut him down, but Big Z yeah. clearly did because Big Z, that's that's Big Z's boy. Yeah, Seeger's my boy. <laughs> Seeger is Big Z's, Big Z's boy. Uh, but no, it's, I mean, it's interesting. Some of your moves, I mean, we're talking about Frankie Lindor, and then you go out, you know, you see, you see how Frankie Lindor, you know, a player like that kind of works out. You know, he's struggling, it's up and down. And then you guys go out and spend $180 million on, an aging Max Scherzer. I mean, how are you guys doing with all that? Like, I mean, that's those are some tough moves. Uh, uh, well, you know, uh, Scherzer is an interesting character, and see, it's a different dynamic here than he was with the Dodgers. He came in as a rental out there going into the playoffs. Right here, yeah. he came yeah. in. He came in at spring training. Uh, he, uh, this is what I said before about how it, this is a different dynamic here for this team this year you see him in a dugout he's talking to everybody all the pitchers are talking the young pitchers that they call it like a peterson he's picking scherzer's mind you know and and they're talking about what they're doing and then they brought in bassett who's another guy like that they're constantly talking and you know, I'm sure they're not making dinner plans. They're, they're talking baseball. What would you do to get out in this situation? And there's a couple of young guys. You know, Tyler McGill, this is his second year. He was a revelation last year. He came in when DeGrom got hurt, and he pitched fairly well. And um, this year he was pitching lights out, and uh, he had he's got a little uh, bursitis uh, problem now. Uh, so he's on the shelf right now. But you see him talking to these guys. And you see DeGrom talking to Scherzer. You see them watch him and how he works. You know, and in spring training, younger guys in the minors, they see how he works. And uh, apparently he's very good with the young guys. He talks to them. He talked to them in, in uh, the uh, the minor leagues during spring training and everything. So, uh that it's a different dynamic here for for us and uh and he's a competitor i mean you just watch him holy cow uh, you know we've never seen him because they didn't usually look in the dugout of the visiting team but they go in and they show you the dugout you know um when the mets are batting sometimes and if he's pitching He's pacing the dugout. He's like a, a caged animal. He wants to get back out there, and and it's a good attitude, and the whole team sees that. And, um, you know, it, it, it's a good thing. It's a good dynamic. So there hasn't been a lot of criticism about him being, you know, hurt. Um, we just think, oh, oh, sure, there's another Met hurt, <laughs> you know, uh, because we've had so many injuries over the last four or five years that uh, for stupid reasons. And um, so here we, go. here we go again, more injuries mounting up. But but as you said, the other guys are picking up the slack, and that helps a lot. Awesome, man. Uh, yeah, I'm just curious because obviously, you know, you're talking about that big contract of his and uh, yeah, I mean, the biggest thing you guys got to do, I, I think big Z would agree is, is just be careful with that arm, right? Big Z. I and mean, we saw that in the playoffs last year. 
yeah, just be careful with him. Don't overuse him. Don't bring him in in a uh, save situation, apparently, and make his arm <laughs> dead. Um, because, I mean, the reality is, um, I mean, he, he's a great leader, right? So you're alluding to that, and you're kind of seeing beyond the diamond in a way, like to really help your guys progress mm-hmm. into the next part of their careers. Uh, but the, at the end of the day, he's making 40 something million dollars a year. So he needs, he needs to be healthy for the playoffs. Cause that's, that's your yeah. goal, right? World series. And I, and I know yeah, cool. on, on paper, your team is capable of winning a world series. So, um, that, that's what, uh, as Dodger fans, I, I would not be pleased if he was hurt, but, uh, <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure, uh, we would see beyond what you're seeing as well, you know, trying to help those guys progress in their careers and making them better. And, um, all that, that's very valuable. Like kind of what Freddie Freeman has done for Gavin Lux in that regard as well, which is, which is invaluable, you know, that's great yeah. information. Yeah. It, it, yeah, exactly. And, uh, so, uh, you know, you, you can't buy that. And, and right. a lot of these guys got, uh, valuable information. They also got some valuable experience, uh, uh, you know, playing in a, in a run last year, even the last year was they were in first place a lot of the, the, the beginning of the year and then crashed to burn in the second yeah. half. But a lot of that was injuries, but I think a lot of it also was the, the management. They had a first-time manager in his second year, and it just, you know, there's just it, – it's hard to explain that – the the change you can actually see the ch- change in attitude almost you know it just looks like everything is more professional uh, even when you look in the dugout you know you see Showalter taking notes and and surveying everything and and uh, you know making calls that sometimes you say why is he challenging that you know and but there's a re but he did it and there's a reason behind it and. You know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But uh, uh, it, it's just a, a whole different attitude around it. And you guys saw that probably when you changed managers the last time. And, Definitely. Uh, John Madden uh, and Dave Roberts are two different. Night and day. Night yeah, day. Yeah, 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 for sure. And, and um, so then being in first place, I guess he's got no worry about being replaced anytime soon. <laughs> I think Buck's also one of the more respected coaches in the league. I mean, he's he's earned that right being in the league yeah. so long. And I think your players are looking up to that as opposed to um, who would you have before Brody Van? He was just an agent that came in as GM trying Man to make these moves. And, yeah, and yeah, he's just yeah. a lot of different people coming in trying to plug and play. That doesn't always work. Sometimes you need someone who's done, done it before and can continue to do it. I mean, we had Dave Roberts as a first-time coach. We had no idea what he'd be like, and he turned out to be – a gift a godsend almost yeah yeah well well sometimes it works and you know it's just that the Mets, you know they went with mickey calloway and we all know how that ended up uh you know and then another young guy in the system and and it, it just didn't it just didn't work out i think they were too controlled by the general manager and yeah. uh you know who's going to tell Buck Walter what to do? You know, because right. uh, right. you know I can go back to MLB Network. I don't need this. So exactly, uh, you know, it's just and and the coaches are more experienced as well. You know, and uh, so it's just a total thing. But um, we'll we'll see what happens. You know, it, it's a it's a long season, and we'll see what happens. But it, it, it's been exciting for for us so far this year, and I'm assuming that you guys know that feeling for the last few years how exciting <laughs> it is. 
when you're actually winning games. Uh, oh yeah, from yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, so it's a four game series this week. We got. Uh, let me see. I wrote down the pitchers. Uh, the uh, it's gonna be uh, Tejon Walker against Gonsolin, Bassett against Anderson, uh, Peterson against Bueller, and TBD against Urias. So we're gonna get Bueller in there, and uh, how are these other guys? How is Tyler Anderson? He's Tyler Anderson should be worried about. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, uh, he's a godsend. I think uh, I think anyone around the league would want him as their fifth starter right now. He's he's playing way above any expectations that anyone had for him. Um, he's just controlling the game uh, from the get go. Uh, he goes on the mound. He commands the mound. He controls the strike zone. He gets guys out. Doesn't let anything phase him. Um, and to get him for $8 million, um, I believe that's what the contract was. I mean, that, that's that's nothing for the Dodgers. So we're, we're really excited about him. Um, if he God. keeps us up, I mean, it's it's amazing for uh, the length we need in our rotation going throughout this through the season. So out of those four, watch out. He's going to be the one that gives you the toughest time. As of right now, he, he looks like he's on fire. So, uh, you know, um, dude, I don't know, man. Well. He's gonna get a pissed off Walker Bueller. I mean, Bueller just got lit up, dude. He's gonna That's be true. pissed. That's true. That's He's true. gonna be all sorts of pissed off. He's a dude who does not like to lose. The Pirates yeah. lit him up for four. It's gonna, it's gonna yeah. be a good one, man. It's gonna be a good series for sure. It should be a good series, and I hope that uh, I'm not gonna be greedy. I'll take a split. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the clash of uh, titans right now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and preview always, of the uh, NLCS is what it is. I always figure, I don't know if you guys figure the same, but I figure if you go out, to, when, when the Mets go out to the West Coast, they're going out for 10 games. If they come back, I'll take six and four. I'll take five and five if I have to. Uh, but I just don't want one of those two and eight ones, you know? I'll, yeah, I'll take no. I'll take a 500 record because it's, it's tough. It's the travel and everything. Um, I do miss the days when they used to go out and play the Dodgers, the Giants, and the Padres, and then come home. Uh, this back and forth, and, and uh, it, it's nuts. I don't think it does any good. I don't see where they uh, save any the time, but, uh, you know, who knows. But uh, we have gone quite long tonight, and uh, I want to thank you guys so much. This has been so much fun. And uh, I, I've enjoyed talking to you guys so much. So, so tell us a little bit more and where the people can find your show. Yeah, so we are The Other Boys in Blue. We have a website, www.theotherboysinblue.com. Uh, on Instagram, on Facebook, we are The Other Boys in Blue. Twitter is the only place that changes it up because they limit the characters. So that one is just <laughs> Other Boys in Blue. Uh, but anything to do with The Other Boys in Blue, we got merch, we got mugs, we got hats. All sorts of good stuff on our website, podcasts for days. We got some news up there. Um, so really just search us, find us. We'd love to have you guys. We're pretty active on social media. Um, if you liked what you heard, come come give us a listen for sure. All right. And and thanks again, guys, Izzy, Fredo, and Big Zach. Thank you so much for coming on. And And I will be back in just a second. Five one six six one nine six three four one. That is the comment 
voicemail hotline if you'd like to be a part of the show and drop us a line leave us a comment or a voicemail question anything at all call that number 516-619-6341 or go to metsmusings.com and click on that widget in the middle of the screen and that's a speak pipe and you can leave a voicemail right through your computer through your computer's microphone or if you prefer to do things the old-fashioned way, send us an email at metsmusings at gmail.com. The Facebook page is facebook.com slash groups slash metsmusings. And uh, if you'd uh, like to help out the show, check out our Patreon page. Check out the campaign at patreon.com slash metsmusings. Okay, and we're back, and you know what time it is now. It's time for me to go hop in the truck, because we're going... (laughs) All right, we're going down on the farm, and uh, as we record this on a Wednesday evening, uh, the uh, farm games are going on the farm teams all playing and uh but going into tonight's game Syracuse was 15 and 32 15 games behind last place in their division Binghamton was 17 and 28 12 games behind and in last place in their division Brooklyn creeping up they are 20 and 23 11 and a half games behind in their division and in third place. And St. Lucie still, still in first place, 30 and 16, and they have a five game lead. Uh, who were some of the hot prospects this week? Well, some of the names you have heard before, but a new one jumps up there. Jake Mangum. He is on fire at Syracuse, a former Cyclone. And in his first three games for Syracuse, he went 8 for 12 at the plate, scoring three runs, hitting three doubles. On the season, he's hitting 318 with 20 home runs, uh, 20 runs scored, seven doubles, four triples, one home run, and 10 RBI. He's stolen eight bases in 10 attempts. Uh, Mark Vientos continues his hot back in, hot bat in Syracuse. He was uh, really hot, white hot, in fact, in May. After struggling in April, third baseman slash 328, 408, 642 with six home runs in the month of May. Francisco Alvarez has busted out of his long slump with four home runs in an 11 for 30 week. The young backstop is now slashing 269 with eight home runs. And he had a two-homer game last Thursday night. And with that, he snapped a streak of 29 straight games. Binghamton Rumble Ponies placed third baseman Brett Batty on the seven-day injured list retroactive to May 27th. Uh, of this year and Mike Vassell one of the top pitching prospects in the Mets organization 
who dominated this year in low A, was quickly promoted to high A Brooklyn, did not have an easy time uh, in his first start in a more advanced competition. He gave up four runs in four innings, but he still flashed some of that strong strikeout ability that has made him an exciting prospect. And he, he settled down and looked a little better in the late, you know, as time went on. But we'll have to see as he gets more relaxed in the new environment and a tougher competition. And Junior Tillen became the first Met minor leaguer since Rene Rivera in 2019 to hit three home runs in a game this season. Um, this past weekend, he did that. He entered the game with two home runs. And in the first 161 plate appearances of his young professional career, so his career home run total more than doubled over the course of the game. So uh, congratulations to Junior Tillin. So, uh, you know, up and down the minors, there there is some signs. Um, probably more from Binghamton down, the better players are right now or the, the vast amount of uh, future prospects. Uh, Vientos is in Syracuse, um, but, uh, you know, Alvarez, Batty, are all, and Maurizio are at, Rumble, at uh, Binghamton. Uh, and then Brooklyn has got Newton and, uh, um, oh, uh, now Vassal and a couple other of the top-ranked pitchers are in Brooklyn. Uh, let's see, uh, you know, and uh, Tillin and those guys at, at uh, St. Lucie, who are just doing a remarkable job in the Florida State League, they're really, uh, you know, uh, holding uh, holding their own. And, and uh, oh, Jake Mangum now, of course, is also it's Syracuse. And we could see him up here pretty soon if he continues uh, progressing and, and hitting the way he's hitting. So uh, all good news. Uh, do they still have to build up the farm system? Yes. Yes, the farm system isn't, you know, it's not one of the tops. It's probably more middle of the road right now, uh, the middle of the pack. But it, it is getting better, and there are, as I said, these, these little spots of uh, talented players there. So that's what you have to look out for, and... Uh, hopefully with some good drafting over the next few years. And, you know, who knows? Uh, maybe some of the guys that were drafted and signed and are in the lower uh, prospects uh, may turn out to be diamonds in the rough. You never know where somebody can come out of nowhere and uh, become a star. So uh, that's all stuff to look out for. But uh, all positive. Even though, Don't go by the records. I mean, it, it's hard. They move guys up and down, and, and uh, you know, they're trying to teach guys, and the whole idea is to develop players. And I know we all want them to win, and the best development is winning, of course, but it, it doesn't always work that way. So uh, if the development's coming and the players come and they're ready to play on the major league level, that's what you want when you, when you call that guy up and you hope that he, you didn't rush him and he can perform. That's what you really want. And uh, let's hope it continues along that way. All right. And, and that's going to wrap it up for this week's show. I hope you enjoyed it. 
did a lot of talking this week. I know I apologize, but I hope you enjoyed our guests. I want to thank uh, the uh, guys from uh, the other boys in blue, uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers podcast for coming on tonight and taking their time out of their busy schedule. Uh, thank you, guys. I want to thank you for listening. And if you're listening and or watching on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button and the like button. The analytic people at YouTube like it, and I like it too. So uh, it helps me know who's watching, and it helps you know when a new episode of Mets Music's come out. And if you're watching on, I mean, or, or you're listening on uh, um Apple Podcasts or Google Play or Spotify or whatever you choose to listen to your podcast on. If you're listening to the audio, please also consider subscribing there as well. So there too, you'll know whenever, whenever a new episode of the podcast comes out. So uh, Mets hit the road again. Crazy schedule, but they're going back out to the West Coast. Tomorrow night, they'll play the Dodgers, four with the Dodgers, three with the Padres, and three with the Angels. Ten days, they'll be out on the West Coast. So, uh, a lot of sleepless nights, maybe, uh, for people, or you'll be getting the score the next day. Uh, but it's a tough road trip out West, but let's just uh, remember to keep the faith and to stay optimistic. And let's go Mets. And I'll see you next time on another edition of Mets.